is a Bramble Jam podcast. Hi, I'm Bran, and I love Hallmark movies. I'm Dan, and I despise Hallmark movies. And hi, I'm Andrea Brooks, and I'm falling somewhere in between. And, and this, this is the Deck the Hallmark, Hallmark podcast. podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. You bet it. You, you bet it, pal. You bet it. You bet it. I got to be honest. I, this is my first intro ever where I've heard the star say that she's somewhere in between love and uh, despise Hallmark movies. And I feel <laughs> their like employer. we need to stay. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of iffy on the people that write me checks. Um, uh, uh, so I, I need to hear more. And I know we have a routine. Uh, no, no. Hey, this. listen. But can we just throw If I had a piece out? of paper. Just, just. You know how much prep we do on this show. Now you're just damaging things. Uh, you know how much prep we do around here, Brandon. Yeah, and loads. and uh, I, I, uh, but I need to know. What do you mean, Andrea? Do you? How do you feel about Hallmark movies, though? Oh my goodness, I love this question, <laughs> and I, I probably shouldn't have said that in hindsight. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I, I feel okay. I started acting when I was 15, and. I got into the business and I wanted to be, this is going to sound so silly, Angelina Jolie, girl interrupted, broody, yeah. teen Indie actor. film, award Indie winning. Film, yes. Sundance. I thought I would do that. Um, I didn't. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I think... I think if I had, if I'm asking my younger self, I, I wouldn't believe that I would be working on the projects that I work on now for that reason, because I was a, a little bit of a teen angsty teen, but I have actually come full circle and I adore this content now, but this is coming from a person who back in the day wanted to be something edgy and yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Um, but, but no, I, I, I've come full circle and especially I'll say with the pandemic, I have, a, I've, I mean, I've always loved, once I got involved on When Calls the Heart and I, I, I became a part of this world, I kind of became obsessed with it. But the pandemic's really show, proven to so many of us that this content is so popular. And I love making uplifting, happy, easy content. If for the reason, when you're an actor, you show up on a set where you have to cry and shoot guns and there's blood all... It's exhausting. It is the most exhausting work. You go home mentally drained. When you make happy content, you fall in love. You come home really happy. And that that's that's the takeaway. That's the difference. Yeah, nice and positive. Well, I mean, and you seem hard. like a, a happy, upbeat person. And so the the brooding, I feel like it would just be, yeah, exhausting. Did you like have a goth phase? Like, yeah, what did, are we talking what about? What were you listening to? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Did you have like Evanescence? Evanescence yes, on the. I loved Evanescence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> loved Evanescence. I went through a phase, Nine Inch Nails. I've yes. never admitted this. Trent Reznor. Yeah, <laughs> let's do Trent it. Trent Reznor. He's also so brilliant. Oh, oh my, my gosh. This scoring is the, out of this world. The score in Social Network. Forget it. Like it. I, I agree. Uncanny. I agree. It's so good. Uncanny. Yeah, unbelievable. And I loved what he did with Halsey recently. So yes. I still feel like I have a bit of a teen broody side. To this is actually a, a clip of Andrea and I's uh, film score podcast <laughs> that we're doing, <gasps> that we're announcing today. If wow. you can believe I Congratulations. I 100% join you. I used to be, I used to go to the record, record store, CD store and buy all the CDs from all the movies that I liked. And love I had it. everything. I love the Pride and Prejudice soundtrack. I'm James Horner's Titanic. Wow. I, I don't know. I went through a, I went through some phases. Yeah, you did. You My, lived a uh, lot. My four-year-old son is obsessed with scores, like superhero yeah. scores. That's all he'll listen to. So it's yeah. a very no fascinating way. thing. I try to get him to listen to like you know fun stuff, and he's like, "Now yeah. turn on the new Spider-Man soundtrack." I'm like, "Shove off, kid! You don't even know who Spider-Man is. You don't even know. You haven't seen he's probably it." Probably a genius. Well, my kid likes to listen to the just the musical numbers from the movies they watch, and right. they imagine the movie yes. being played. Yeah. That's a thing. And Evanescence. Yes. Yeah, of course, Evanescence. And Evanescence. But, yeah. Yes. Oh, who doesn't? Let's bring back Evanescence. Yeah. Dan and I. I Hallmark movie about Evanescence. I don't know how it would work, but I'm here for it. It's uh, okay. uh it's called a "Wake Me Up Inside a Snow Globe." <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I know about Evanescence. My immortal Noel. That's all I've got. That's all I've got. That's, That's I've got. not bad. That's not bad. 
<laughs> the one thing I know about Evanescence is growing up in a, a Christian home, Evanescence was okay. That's right. Until the guitar player said they're not an effing Christian band. That's right. And then and my then parents was... were like, no go. That was, that was, <laughs> a, yeah. They did like their first big hit, Wake yeah. Me Up, had yeah. a uh, cameo, what is it called? A featuring, whatever, of a guy yeah. in a band called 12 Stones that was a Christian band. Right. So everyone assumed they were a Christian wow. band. That's right. And then the guitar player was like, we're not. It was, so a, big, it was a big ordeal. It was a big ordeal. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah that's wow. exactly right. And Dan and I once uh, went to Costa Rica and we stayed in a, in a house and um, we went to lay down at a bed at night and plastered all over the wall was Evanescence posters and Twilight posters. And this was in 2013. It's 2013. That's right. 2013, Evanescence was apparently huge yeah. in Costa Rica. Big so that's time. good. The Costa Rican yeah. teams yeah. loved it. Yeah, loved that's right. It. Um, yeah. We've talked a little bit about your childhood, but let's go um, back to when you first realized that you liked acting or wanted to try acting. What was the thing that got you into it? And how did you realize that you kind of wanted to continue to pursue it? Oof, good question. I think I always was interested in acting. I remember watching Sesame Street and telling my parents that I wanted to be the kid on TV. I don't think I even knew what that meant. I don't <laughs> think I understood that there was performance involved. I, I just, I liked puppets. I loved Jim Henson. I loved TV shows. I loved sing-along VHS tapes. And when, when the theme song would play at the end, I would cry because it was over. So I always just wanted to be a part of movies and TV, even before, before I even understood exactly what that meant. Um, and I started working professionally when I was 15 and I was actually a competitive figure skater and there was an open casting call for a Disney movie. So I begged my mom to drive me to the city. She reluctantly agreed and, uh, went to a cattle call with every figure skater in the entire province, most likely. Uh, waited, I think, two hours to go in, and then it went well. They called me back, and then they called me back again, and they called me back again, and then I was in contention for the role, and then I had to get an agent in case we had to negotiate. I didn't end up getting it, but uh, the role. But then in the end, ended up with an agent who was like, well, do you want to do this? And I was like, yeah. So you were a competitive figure skater? Yeah, we, I, it was hard to listen after that. Are you, fr <laughs> are you from Canada? <laughs> Yes. So that's yes, more normal then. Okay. Than right. Here been. in South Carolina, yeah, you you wear shirts that say that. Like yeah. <laughs> you want everyone to know. But in Canada, you know, like I true. make jokes about like triple sow cows and toe right. loops and stuff. Like I don't know. Yeah. Like yeah, you know, sow cows are impressive. Yeah. yeah. You how long were you uh, do it? Like how long did you have to do it before you could say I competitively do this? Um, you can start pretty young. Really? People get competitive in the sport, especially now when you watch the Olympics, it's all 14 year olds. It's, crazy. it's, it's wild, but yeah, you become competitive quite young and I missed a lot of school to compete. I would train. It was, wasn't uncommon to get up before school three times a week. You know, you'd wake up at five and then go wow. spend the whole morning at the rink and then go to school and then go back after school. So it was, there was a lot of discipline involved and that was my life. That was my mom's life too. She was a figure skating coach and then she oh, was wow. president of my figure skating club and that was my existence. So it's, I was going to ask if your parents were supportive of the acting thing, you know, driving kids around to auditions. That's not something every parent's like, you know, yeah. big on, but it sounds like from the figure skating side of things, this would not have seemed super no uncommon. Big deal. Yeah, it wasn't super uncommon. I don't think my mom was thrilled about it. At first, she didn't know anything about the industry. Nobody in my family had ever acted before. And in her mind, she was like, you're such a busy kid. Because I was doing, I was in a little theater troupe and I was figure skating and I was dancing and I was busy. So she was like, how on earth are you going to hit auditions and are you expecting me to drive you? The answer was yes, uh -huh. please. Um, so yeah, there were, there. she she had to make some sacrifices and I had to hit auditions. I missed a lot of school. And uh, the first day I was able to drive on my own with my own license, uh, she was off the clock. She, she, she wanted me to get that license more oh, than no. anything so I could take myself to my auditions. I, I gotta be honest, and I know we're jumping all around at this point, but Andrea, how, I've been, I've seen every Hallmark Christmas movie since 2018. How is, there are so many bad ice skaters out there that are actors <laughs> that just, they can't do it. And we get this up close up, this mid shot, and then this yep. shot of the feet. How have we yep. not gotten Andrea Brooks as the lead yeah. in a Hallmark Christmas movie where you get to skate? How is that? I'm not trying to be your agent, Andrea. I'm just saying <laughs> this doesn't seem right. Like you could just do that in your sleep, right? You're right. You know what? I don't, I'm not. 
I haven't done my jumps in years, so I'm sure that would I would need some help in that department. But yeah, could, am I comfortable on skates? Absolutely. I was skating by the age of three years old. I was I was skating. But just yeah, the just the classic like scene at a skating rink, you know, and having to skate and like fall yeah. in love at the same time, like. This why have we not done this? We watch so many like of these movies this. where the skating scenes are terrible. We've we got we got Andrea it's, Brooks over here yeah. that can just do really it. It's really hard to match skating. And I remember watching skating because I love the cutting edge growing up. That was oh, one of my yeah. favorite movies. Oh, that's uh, wheelhouse for me. Oh, oh that's that, Andrea is in between sometimes? you're in between my age and Brand's age. Okay. That's how that's how old you are. So that's like wheelhouse culturally, like we're in the same boat, Andrea. I like it. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's brilliant, brilliant movie. Um, I actually think the skating, the doubling in that movie was, was if I remember correctly, somewhat decent. But yeah, bad doubling. Mm. Uh, it's hard to double figure skating. It's really, really, really tough. So I'm with you when you, you're in close and then the act, it's hard to look like usually you're breathing very heavily if you're doing this and you cut in and people are smiling nice. You know, it's tough. It's yeah. a tough sport to double. So you... You you do some auditions early on. You've always wanted to know you want to be on TV. You got the skating going on. At what in college? When was it when that you were like, hey, uh, either like I want to pursue this full time? Did you go to a, like a? Did you talk your parents to letting you go to like a theater school, or is it something you minored in, or did you just say I'm going to start taking auditions and get get an agent? Started taking auditions. I, I learned the hard way. My love mom, I, I did a couple of teen training courses on camera training. I, to be honest, I didn't find them super helpful. I, I learn on the go, on the fly. And so yeah. I, I hit so many auditions as a kid. I auditioned for every type of role and I made so many mistakes, but I'm thankful I made those mistakes as a teenager. So by the time I was moved out, I, I could support myself. I, I had made enough mistakes to learn from. And, and then I, I've been acting, but it's the only job I've really had. What's the f- job you got that you said, okay, I'm a, this is it. I'm a professional actor. <laughs> um, what's the job? I don't know. Probably right away. I was so excited. I think <laughs> one of my first, uh, I did this commercial when I was 15 or 16 for, um, there's a theme park that opens every summer in Vancouver called Playland. And I was in this commercial where I rode the roller coaster with this this other teen boy. And then we went on the merry-go-round. And then as we went, I don't understand this commercial, by the way. As we went on each ride, our faces got jumbled. So our eye would end up here and our mouth ended up here. It, I don't get it, but it played for years. Every summer, it's like Playland is opening, and then there's these teens with. That's Playland for you. It's classic Playland. Classic Playland. What if we and advertise yeah. that if you ride a roller coaster, your <laughs> eye could be misplaced? Yeah, who would want to miss that? What an opportunity! Damn. And then at the end, they had to put, and this was early 2000s, so green. You know, we didn't have the technology that we have today. So I remember having to stand in front of a green screen for I feel like an hour, and they wanted me wow. to raise a drink up to my forehead where my mouth would be to sip out of and then put it back down and so i just had to do this action for an hour and i guess they cut and pasted my face and rearranged it and you know playland that's good stuff that's good stuff. that is i'm sure i'm sure if you asked me on that day i would have said yes i'm a professional professional actor i'm advertising for playland your first thing on imdb is a movie called split decision where you play hot senior so first of all uh congratulations a big role uh, congratulations there, for it um but then you start doing uh you're doing a tv series a tv movie you're doing stuff like uh, yeah. it seems like you're 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 hustling you're doing it this was without school you have an agent so those early years where you're doing a lot of auditions and you're getting things like hot senior like what was that like yeah. was it an exciting time was it uh discouraging at times like what was going through your mind early on while you're trying to book stuff I think anytime I booked something, I was excited, no matter what it was. And I remember having a conversation with my agent. I did a number of those little walk-on roles, the hot senior roles. And then you hit a point where your your agent will sit you down and be like, okay, we're not doing this anymore. Uh, because if you keep doing these little walk-on roles, that's, that you could end up in that wheelhouse and that might be all you ever get. You don't want to be typecasted as hot senior. As a hot senior. That's right. I mean... <laughs> 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 no. Um, so, so I remember when he had that conversation with me, I was 
I was kind of like, oh, but, you know, I get paid all this money to show up for, you know, two days of shooting or what have you. So in my mind, I was thinking, you know, when you're 17, like, wow, a I mean, day on set can be very lucrative right. when you're living at home and you have no expenses. Yeah. Um, but you have to kind of make decisions and you have to learn when to say no. And and yeah, I I, I always I had good experiences. I had bad experiences. I saw a lot. I saw a lot of bad behavior on set. I kind of learned what I didn't want to be if I ever had the chance to book a bigger role. Um, and it was just so much trial and error. And uh, I don't know. I just I just kept going. And I, I think I also thoroughly like auditioning. Do you have weird, a memorably but... bad audition where you yes. were like, oh, my goodness, what just happened to me? Yes. I have a few. Um, well, I don't even. OK, yeah, there <laughs> I was auditioning for I think it was a TV series and they were casting. I was a, I was maybe 20, maybe I was 19. They're casting a bunch of uh, teen girl roles. And, you know, it was standard. I think there were three scenes and it was a director producer session. And, uh, you know, it takes 10 minutes. Each girl was in there for 10 minutes or so. And I went in. And I don't think I did a great job, but I don't remember really screwing up. And I read my first scene. The director looks at me and he's like, thank you, Andrea. I think we we understand what you can do. Oh, my. And I remember looking at the casting director and she was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and then I walked out, you know, and I was in there for two minutes. So all the girls were like, oh, what happened? And I just walked out oh. kind of shell-shocked. I'm like, oh, I guess Boy. I... You really didn't like me. And you oh, and you didn't get any sort of clarification on that. No. Man, no. that is no, brutal. No, it, it was brutal. That was one of the ones that really sticks out to me. Yeah. Being like, oh, that was, you know, I, I learned my lines and I went in. I didn't screw up. I, if, if I completely screwed up and was wasting their time, I would understand. But it was just sort of shocking. But I, I feel like generally I'm pretty good about that stuff. I don't hold on to that. Yeah. If I did. <laughs> You got I'm as an actor, trouble. you got to just keep moving forward. Yeah, and whatever you can't, you're you're not always going to be everybody's cup of tea, and I'm cool with that. But that was a surprise. Yeah. That was a that was one of the shocking auditions that yeah. sticks out in my memory. <laughs> I I've got I never do this. What was it like working with? Question. But you were in. And I've not seen this movie. You were in the company you keep. Um, yeah. and, and that has Stanley Tucci and Robert Redford in it. Yeah. Did you get to like, and Britt Marling, who is wonderful. Did, yes. did you get to act opposite any of those three? And what was that experience like? The company you keep, it was a small role. I think I was on set for two days and I played Susan Sarandon's daughter. Oh my gosh. Which is crazy because I am the biggest fan. Oh of my God. I didn't Sarandon. even, I just read the first three cast members. I didn't even know Sarandon yeah, was in that it. That was a crazy movie. And, um, Robert Redford was directing. Oh my gosh. And, and yeah, that, that was one of those surreal moments. And he was like, you know, call me Bob. And, and, oh my every, goodness. And he, yeah, he's just such a legend. We were shooting on film, which was pretty rare yeah. at that point because people had already really switched over. Um, and I remember at one point we were shooting a scene and then he just, Bob just took off and went to the bathroom, didn't tell anybody. And everyone's like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? What's wrong? Did something happen? Did something happen? He just comes out and he's just so chill and wonderful. And he had such amazing direction. I, I think he told me to do something. He's like, because you know what? That's like life. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, it was a small, small role, but it was insane getting to yeah work with Susan and, and Robert Redford. Man. Weird, crazy. One of those crazy moments in life where you're like, where am I? What's yeah. happening? That's, I mean, that's legend stuff there. I mean, that's yeah. unbelievable. You mentioned that yeah. you like auditioning, which is uh, rare. Like, I feel like a lot of people are trying to do like they do auditions for a season and like, I just can't do this anymore. And you're trying, yeah. obviously you're trying to get a job that allows you not to have to audition. Like that's the goal. But yes. what is it about yeah. auditioning that you actually like? Is it the anticipation of, did I get it? Did I not? Is it the prep work? That's just fun as an actor. What is it for you? Um, I don't think I love the prep. I think I, I try to look at everything glass half full in this business. Cause if you don't, it, you can spiral pretty quickly, but I, I like looking at each role as just an opportunity as an opportunity to, to experiment, to try something, to play a role a way that maybe you wouldn't typically do. I don't know. I, 
I find it exciting and I also try to really just trash it at the end. I, I go in, I try something. If it doesn't work, that's okay. And then it's done. It's out of my out of my brain. And it's just an exercise. It keeps you like I feel like when I'm not auditioning, I get a little bit stale, a little bit stagnant. It's kind of fun to be like, yeah. okay, I got this. I'm gonna get right to this. I'm gonna shoot this today. I'm gonna memorize these. Got it. Let's go. Let's go. So there's that hustle aspect that I think I really, I really like. But you can also burn out because I auditioned for years. And when I was younger i would have sometimes five six auditions a week wow. so it's 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 a weird lifestyle but you have to you have to try to find ways to thrive off of it because if you don't if you don't find something you enjoy about auditioning you're gonna have a really hard time as an actor yeah. is, is there a type of role that you um either haven't gotten to do at all or maybe you got to experiment with a little bit that you hope that you get to do more of in the future yeah, I'm still waiting for my Angelina Jolie girl interrupted yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> um, is there a role? No, I don't know. I don't I don't think about that stuff too much because the things that come your way, you they come your way and, yeah. and you can say yes or no. Um, but I don't know. I'm just I'm grateful for anything. I really I genuinely just love working. I love being on set. I love working with other creative people. I love the collaboration. And you know, I, I, I'll, I'm just thankful to, to work, to do anything. I'll play a monster. I'll play, I'll play anything. Usually that's not what they asked me to do, but I would, I would, I just love this business. Do, uh, do you know a single Canadian that has not appeared on Supernatural, the television show? <laughs> um, Very few. I, I have a question and I want to see if you remember you play the following roles on Supernatural. Maria, Galandria yes. the Wicked and yes. Katie Burns. Is yes. that one person or did you come back as a different character later on? I came back as a different character because after ah. five seasons, you are permitted to come back as someone else. I love it. Did you wear a wig or you just came they back and it was just like... They ran out of Canadians. So <laughs> they had to start recycling us. I, I, of the I, Canadian actors I want to know what show. how they came up with the five-year rule. They were like, guys, we, we yeah. can't keep doing this. Like we got to do it like a five-year rule and then we can... <laughs> Like something has to be done. We're running out of people. Yeah, running out of Canadians. It's like a thousand um, episodes of television. What are you doing? I know. It's crazy. I, I know. I didn't wear a wig. I didn't. I just came back as somebody else. Nobody. I think I got murdered. That's it. I got murdered in. I was in high school when I did my first episode of Supernatural. I got murdered, and then came back five years later as a LARPer. <laughs> nice. Wow. As one does. You as you to. do, yeah. Of course. What was the LARP name? What was the the name? Galandria. Galandria the Wicked. That's right. And I wore armor. And I remember, I booked this role, and I didn't know. I didn't bother to Google what a LARPer was, which I really should have done. So <laughs> I went into the audition. I think I wore all black because I was like, oh, I'm like a computer nerd. And I remember when I got the role, and then I went in for my fitting, and they were fitting me for armor. Right. I remember going. Why? Did I miss something? Are they? Did they make a mistake? I'm a I, I'm a tech girl, and then I went home and I looked it up. I'm like, oh, warping. I don't know what this is, so I had to brush up. Yeah. I love that you auditioned for a role that you didn't know what it was, and you got it. And you got it. That's fantastic. <laughs> boss move. That's a that is uh, a boss move. Probably so, not very professional, but oh, get out of here. Uh, uh, how do we get to Hallmark? What is the thing that gets you? into the crown media world trying to remember if when calls the heart, no when calls the heart wasn't first i had i i did some of their movies and i was in there was a two-part series on hallmark called the bridge okay did i work on that before no maybe i i'm honestly forgetting i must have done some movies first and the bridge in 2015 is the first hallmark credit that i have on imdb okay so then the bridge would have been first so i wonder if Maybe I shot the first part of that mini series, and then I did um, season two of One Calls the Heart, and then I did the second part that summer. Probably something like that. So yeah, the bridge would have been one of the first credits. And you know, in Vancouver, we're it's a service industry up here in in a lot of ways. So whatever big American projects are coming up, that tends to be what Canadians are cast in. And we had been through such a sci-fi era up here. Um, like X-Files was up here. There were a lot of shows like that back in the day in the 90s. And then early 2000s, I was auditioning and acting a bunch. And there was, I did a lot of disaster movies when I was a late teen, early 20s. So that was big. And then 
Hallmark kind of came in and it was like, oh, it's, you know, feel good, happy family content, which I'm all about, by the way, there was before I had my teen broody uh, time as a teenager, I loved Dr. Quinn. I loved Little House on the Prairie. Um, so, so there was something, there's something about that that was kind of cool. Of course, it wasn't the Angelina Jolie girl interrupted moment that I was waiting for. Um <laughs> still waiting for uh (laughs) but but you know it was it was it was content they were hiring canadians there was a lot of great opportunity uh for bigger roles for canadians and and mike roll directed me in the bridge who has gone on to direct episodes of one calls the heart and he's fabulous and i just quickly found that hallmark was pretty good at picking really nice people like they they I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just happier people gravitate towards that content or what it is, but right away I kind of discovered, oh, everyone in these projects is really, really nice. And I fell into it that way. It was just what I was auditioning for, Hallmark movies, Hallmark movies. Of course, One Calls the Heart happened, and that took off. That was its own beast that I, was completely unexpected. And and then it, I don't know, it just, it's the familiar faces. They kind of keep you kicking around and, and I'm so thankful. I, I, I really, really like doing it. So, uh, in the time that you've been on Wing Calls the Heart, you also were in 46 episodes of Supergirl. Yes. So, yeah. and you did 64 episodes of Wind Calls the Heart. That, yeah. that's a lot. That's a, that's 110 episodes of television in six Thank years. You. I mean, you are, yeah. how do you coordinate those schedules? Not well. <laughs> <laughs> Not well. There, to be perfectly honest, there were a lot of fights between my agent and, and coordinators. And there were, oh my goodness, I spent so many years going back and forth. I'd be wiping off my Eve Tessmacher makeup, going to One Calls the Heart, missing my first scene. It was a nightmare. Um, Did you ever film the, the both shows in one day? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Man, Too fantastic. many wow. times actually. That's fantastic. Which you're not supposed to do when you're booked on a day. Yeah. You, your day is devoted to that show. Um, so I feel like I angered people and I tiptoed in. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was me for a number of years. Wow. But it changed because my first position would change as well. Cause I was first position at Supergirl and then I was a regular on Supergirl. And then when called the heart. So it, it was just a balancing act and it was just a nightmare. And I remember at, I still have a physical calendar and I'd split days and, oh my, and was, as you became a regular on both shows, I mean, who to th- like, you know, that you've got to be, that that's a great position and a tough position at the same time. You're a regular yeah. on two com- like television shows that are both filming in your town. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Yes, it, it is. It really was wild. It was a wild, there were a wild couple of years there. And I'm so thankful because it's like you get, you wake up and you get to do what you love doing, but it was stressful. I'm always just watching the clock being like, I have to leave at noon. I have to leave at noon. I have a hard out. I have a hard out. I got to go. Or, you know, just spending your weekends trying to catch up, having two scripts at once for different shows that were completely different characters too. Um, it was super fun, but it, it was pretty wild how did it happen though because somebody had to sign off on this right like somebody some well some, one my, of the networks had to be my, like okay or my, both i guess my guess would be she started out as a guest or guest recurring in both and then yes what yes. happened is is they both liked her and then made her you know we have a spot for you this character going somewhere yes. and they both wanted you and both yeah. you had signed a contract with both saying that that was something you would do and that's how it happened that would be like, like right yeah yeah, that's that. It's a stroke of luck. This is not a common thing, but that's exactly what happened. I just sort of happened to fall into both shows at a similar time, and the characters leveled up in both situations. And it, it was always a fight for first position. Whatever show wanted to retain me in first position, I they would book me first, and then my schedule would open up, and the other show could take me. But then, of course, that doesn't always work perfectly because what if the other show set their schedule first and they had me yeah. pinned on days, and then that show makes the, the first position show makes last minute changes and then you're in trouble and then you're trying to negotiate what to do. That's and, crazy. Yeah. And when calls the heart, there were often group scenes that I would just suddenly be missing from because <laughs> it, it, it was well, really crazy. But when calls the heart's like 10 episodes, eight, nine, 10 episodes a year, Supergirl's like 20 something. So it's yeah. a much longer filming season. Yes. Right. Yes. So you would, there would yes. not be crossover all the time, but I can't no. imagine having both shows on the same day. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, that that yeah, and the panicked driving to the. Luckily, both of those uh, the studios were quite close to one another. They're both in Langley, BC. 
there, I would often hit traffic on the highway, but you could get from one to the other without traffic in maybe 16 minutes. That's wow. unbelievable. So did you grow up in British Columbia or, or are you from somewhere else in Canada? Born in Ontario, so okay. other side of the country. I got you. Um, grew up mostly in British Columbia, a little bit in Alberta in the prairies. So kind I'll, of from all over. I'll take your word for it. In my <laughs> mind, Canada is all just north of... Um, like New York, it's yeah. just all like right. You get there. you go to you go over Niagara Falls. <laughs> That's where and everybody like, lives, and then, and then west of that is right. all land. All of them live right there, right on the other side yeah. of the falls. Right, and then, right at the falls. And then after that, it's just, it's just it's just land that hasn't been dis- like it yeah. hasn't been discovered yet. Yeah, they're still working on it. <laughs> I, I, <that's, laughs> I just you have the same thought though, huh? Yeah, yeah. In South, you know, and I I teach yeah. history, so yeah. I have no excuse. Uh, in 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 South Carolina, that's pretty much our understanding. That's I, really funny. You know, it, it is. We're doing the best we can down here with what we have. <laughs> you probably know where South Carolina is, don't you? I do. Yeah. 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 I've never been, but I do know. Just mm. better than us. Yeah. And every yeah. way. Um, when you got booked for um, Faith for When Calls the Heart, did they, what, what did you know about the character and how she would evolve? Um, did they have a plan? Sometimes we are I'm not so sure that there's a plan in place in regards to certain characters. And <laughs> Get out of town. Um, did they have a plan? Did they have a hope for you when they hired you or did it kind of develop as you developed and they saw what you could do? It definitely developed as we went along 100%. Often they might actually have plans, but they don't always want to tell you either because they don't want to set your expectations super high or maybe they're unsure. I think quite often they'll bring in characters with an expectation and then sometimes it doesn't work out. So, so it's just juggling. Television is just a juggling act. They're just trying to keep all the balls in the air at all times. They're always falling down. It can be a bit of a hot mess at times. Um, but when I auditioned for Faith, I had previously auditioned for the roles of Clara and for one of Elizabeth's sisters in season one. And I came really close actually to booking, um, Julie. And I even remember getting a call about, will you dye your hair tomorrow? And I, and I just, I was like, what, uh, I guess. And then that role went away. And then the Clara audition came up again. So I, I assume that they remembered me and they were kind of like, oh, maybe we could fit Andrea and in elsewhere. Cause that's very common when you audition for shows, they, they might think you have the right look for that series or the right vibe. I don't know. Auditioned for uh, the next role. Didn't get it. Then I was in LA uh, at my friend's house. I got a call to audition for this role at the end of season two. She was a nurse and I wasn't in town. And then my agent's like, oh, well, you know, you auditioned before. I'm sure they have your other tapes. Do you mind throwing this on tape? This was a while back. This is before self-tapes were as popular as they are now. Of course, that's how we all audition in this virtual age. Um, And I remember just being, I was staying at my friend's apartment in L.A., there were no lights because she only lived there part time. There was she had no lighting. I only had my laptop. I didn't have a camera with me. Cell phones were atrocious at that time. And she went out to get her hair done. And I was like, okay, send me the sides. And I think I read the lines off my computer. I taped it on my Mac. So the the image was inverted. Left, right. Oh my gosh. And and I and I, I think I found one little light and I like put the lamp next to the computer and I read the lines and I remember thinking, oh, and I taped my voice on, on my phone oh, and look then at played you. it. So very professional. Yeah. Class. <laughs> I've, actually, I've asked, I want to find this audition because I think the performance ultimately, I don't know, I guess it was good enough. I remember thinking I liked the writing a lot. I really loved time period. That was something I really, really, really wanted to do. Um, probably should have i was in la for goodness sakes i probably could have gone to a studio and shot an awesome audition but for whatever reason i did not do that i sent it to my agent got a call the next day that i booked it and i had to fly home wow that's unbelievable bill abbott got the tape and he was like i like it but can we flip her somehow can we is there any way can we can we shoot her in a mirror Let me ask you this, Andrea. Uh, we, you know, I don't like when calls start, uh, but but uh, I watch it because it is part of my job. And you come on the scene, and I, much to the chagrin of most people that listen to our podcast, and I think it was borderline sacrilegious when I said it out loud. I felt as though the chemistry with Jack and Faith was really, really good, and I was like. You know, this is early on. This is before, you yeah. know, Jack and Elizabeth are betrothed, right? Like yeah. this is like early and I'm like, 
is this going to be a love triangle? Are we going to pursue this? Because I just thought it was there. Is that just you and Lissing just sparks or is that me making it up? Or did you think there was a possibility that this is where the writers could take the show? Am I just crazy? No, you're, I, I don't think you're crazy at all. That's what I'm um, about. The way that that was written, there was a triangle aspect kind of at play. Um, I, I have told this story recently. And, and also, I loved working with Daniel. We just got along immediately. It's weird how that happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you show up and you're like, oh, my goodness, we have to kiss. And we've known each other for years. And you're my star-crossed lover. And hi, nice to meet you. My name is Andrea. Yeah. Um, and sometimes well, we've had Lissing well, on the show. Lissing is wonderful. We've had him on the show several times. He's great. He's yeah. fantastic. Really good dude. He's fantastic. Um, and we just hit it off. And just I sometimes it's performance style. Sometimes your style really jives with someone. And sometimes it really doesn't. And there's no controlling that. And I think we just hit it off. And there was a scene written where we were out to dinner in season two and he was thanking me for taking such good care of his brother after the accident. And I was supposed to just rest my hand on his hand. It wasn't malicious. It wasn't, there wasn't ill intent in that, in that hand placement, but it, it would have stirred the pot. And in hindsight, that would have been way too much for this show. Absolutely. Oh man. And so while we were blocking out the scene, I remember distinctly Dan was like, Ooh, don't put your hand on my hand. And I was like, why not? It's that's what's written. And he and he went to the director. He's like, it's too much. It's too much. They're not going to like it. And yeah, it you may as well just spend the night with him at the mercantile. Like yeah. that's what you may as well do if you're, you're going to do that. Pretty much pregnant. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, the hard the Hardys would lose their mind. <laughs> yes, and yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know that. I didn't know. And in my mind, I was like, well, you know, if we suggest this would be a suggestion of a triangle if I did this and. I thought maybe there's a possibility that's where they might take take it. And he was like, just trust me, don't do it. So we did the scene, didn't do it. And he was so right. Yeah. He was so right because that is not who that character was or is. And it would have, it would have, it probably would have wrecked everything to the point where I don't think Faith would have even come back. Wow. So um, I don't know. He I, And I just remember thinking in that moment, what is he talking about? Why can I not put a hand? If the writers wrote this and the network approved it, what's wrong with a hand? And a lot is wrong with a yeah. hand on this show. Oh if yeah, you touch hands, you are you are basically at the altar. That's right. Right? Yeah. It's too much. It's so too much. Your your long stint on When Calls the Heart, you can thank Lissing for catching a, a hand placement in blocking a scene. Man, yep. there you yeah. have it. That's yeah. that's inside baseball. And that's there. when he knew he was out. That's when you knew he was out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, I can't do this can't do nonsense it. anymore. Oh, man. That's crazy. God well, bless him. Can we talk about Paul Green just briefly? You get to most of your scenes, at least that we see so far, are opposite uh, Paul Green. Uh, friend yeah. of the show, Paul Green. Love Paul Green. Um, had, you, had you known Paul before you started uh, working on the show? Yes, actually. I did a movie with him directed by Christy Will, and it starred Lacey Chabert. Yes. Um, a Wish for Christmas. And we worked on that. Oh, my goodness. So he came in in season four, I think. Yeah. And so I think I had just finished shooting season three, and then I did that movie. And I met Paul, and we got along super well. He was super funny. And... I remember talking to him and being like, oh, if they ever ask you to be on One Calls the Heart, you absolutely should do it. I think that you'd really, you'd, you'd really like it. And so we were joking about it. And then lo and behold, season four rolls around and who's in? Who's the doctor in town? Paul Green. Um, so, yeah, I, I, we had worked together, got along super well. And then he joined the cast. How about that. How about it? Yeah. Is he as ADD in person, <laughs> like on set? What I love about interviewing Paul Green is, is we don't know. No. From it has to take eternity to shoot a scene with him. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no quick scenes with Paul Green. We, need, we don't know from moment to moment where the conversation is going. We literally have talked to him on and off camera for two straight hours. Like, Does he ever pull out his harmonica and just play before shooting with you? Because he does <laughs> oh, that with yeah. us all the time. Oh, that's common, of course. Yeah. The harmonica. Yeah, he got he practiced because there was a scene where he I gave my character gave him a harmonica, so he practiced and actually learned how to play it. I think he was pretty good by the end. Yeah, we we just watched that episode. It just right. just really? happened very recently. Yeah, because I made a comment about how like the we one know. time Paul Green can't act is when he's acting like he doesn't want to play the harmonica. <laughs> 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 don't don't make me play. Yeah, don't make me play. <laughs> yeah. 
I would, I would never. So yeah. No, um, is he super like health conscious? Always trying to get you to do yeah. his like dumb, like you know, <laughs> all the all the like, don't eat this, eat that instead, and only eat for two hours a day. And oh, let's do this. Let's do some Paul Green um, myths. Does he oh. actually wake up in the morning and run into the water first thing in the morning? <laughs> I'm sure when he's in LA, I know he lives near the ocean, so I'm sure he does it there. I don't remember him showing up with sea breeze in his hair, yeah. you know, at five in the morning on one calls the heart. Actually, that's not true. In the summers, <laughs> he was really into playing volleyball on the beach. And he would often come in with sea swept hair. That's I, 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 I gosh, I just love this guy. He's he playing 4 a.m. volleyball. <laughs> I don't even know what you want from it. Like that is. He just is the next guy for the Dos Equis commercial. Like he just He's is like hilarious. I mean, just one of a kind. It's so fantastic. Um, he would drink a lot of celery juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. Big, big. Uh, the, breaking the that juicer going. Breaking the mm -hmm. fast with the bone broth, the whole bit. He. Uh, <laughs> let me ask you this. I, I, you know, there's so many people on Win Calls the Heart, and yeah, I know a little bit about movie making magic just from we've been on a set or two in our life, and. I know that all those people aren't on there and that's how they keep the budget. What it is, is we don't ever get a scene with everyone in the show in one scene. Like it happens so very rarely. So like you're on the well, show, they would, but she's got to go shoot super girl. Supergirl, yeah. But like, <laughs> like you're on the show and you're, you're in typically in a 10 episode season, you'll be in most, if not all of those episodes, how often do you see everyone on set ever? Do you ever see everyone on set? Oh yeah. So you guys are in season six right now, yes. right? You said, um, you'll see bigger group scenes as the seasons progress. Now it's actually quite normal to have the entire cast. Wow. Uh, even this past season, like a lot of the little festivals or, uh, Christmas pageants, or I think in season eight, there's like a, a movie night and, and now we're bringing in everybody. I, I don't know budgetarily I have no idea I never know what's going on in that department but um you get a lot more you get a lot more of everyone as the seasons progress okay but early on like was it just a thing where everybody had their days of shooting because yeah. it just seems kind of awkward that it's like if I know you and Paul are in a scene Abigail and Bill aren't going to come crashing through the door like you know what Correct. I mean like yeah. it, it's you're not going to have all four of those people in, in a scene to get and it, and it just yeah. feels like I'm watching six different like minisodes it, it, you know what i mean because because you don't ever get everyone you know there's not and then there's sometimes where you can clearly tell they've 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 recorded shots separately of people mm -hmm. talking together because you know they weren't there and so i was just curious as if, if that was like something that was normal on set that you guys had to work around like hey uh you know jack wagner's not here this week because he yeah. shot his scenes last week he's in the room you've got to work like did, did that happen on the show yeah, especially when when Lori was there, she would come in for a I want to say it was a week at a time. Oh, so we you'd only yeah, have her. We heard she got this time. great deal where she only shot like ten days a, a, a season or something. Yes, yeah, yeah. So she would have days, and everyone would have to kind of come in and shoot their scenes with her that that week or for those days. Boss man. Um, so there was a lot of that. I feel like that's really changed though in season. I'd say like seven, eight, nine. Um, there's more group scenes and those little pods that you're talking about, of, yeah. you know, Bill and Abigail being together, they're broken up a little more as you go. So seven, eight, nine, you'll see a bit of a shift and you're going to see more characters interacting. It, it, the town kind of opens up in that way going. Oh, fantastic. Uh, the, the That's really like encouraging. Yeah. I mean, in all honesty, like <laughs> that, that, that yeah. makes a lot more sense to me is how I would like imagine this town. And I think when John Tinker came came in, that was one of the things he really wanted to work with. He was like, you know, we have this town and all these awesome characters. Let's do a, a shot where we kind of we kind of yeah. walk through the town and see everybody. And we started doing that. I I, I guess that was more season eight. That, that we, it brings more life to the town. You kind yeah. of get the impression that everyone's busy doing their jobs and, and you you're a part of everybody whereas if there's a scene outside the saloon i'm just assuming every other story is closed <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when i watch it i'm like oh well the Mer the saloon's open mercantile's closed yeah it's got you, you know it's got abigail's cafe closed like they're all closed. you know what i mean and so mm -hmm. that makes a lot more it seems that seems more lively life i like that yeah. um you've been on the show now for years is it still surprising the response oh my gosh the uh from the hardys when something happens like a decision at the end of last season is it still like 
to me, as somebody who is only watching the show for the first time, but has followed the, the social media side of the show since the beginning, it's still, I still don't understand it fully. Like I don't understand mm-hmm. like the, the, the anger. If one thing happens and this, like, it doesn't make sense to me. Does it, what is it like for you on the inside and you're watching these fans? Is it like, this is awesome. Or is it sometimes like guys, which it's just a TV it's show. It's just like, Hope Valley. Like calm it down a little bit. Oof. Ah, yeah, that's, that's, it's just one of the weird aspects of movie making. You yeah. do something, you try your best maybe you get it right maybe you don't and then you have to wait right like we shoot it and then there's a waiting period and then it comes out five months later and then you kind of relive it and you're like oh i wonder what they're gonna think i think i understand both sides i think i understand people who are super passionate who have found this show and maybe this is a part of their identity and and there's i like to think it comes from a place of love they're they're really invested they like these characters they like this show they and that's wonderful. And if things don't go their way, I, I kind of get it. You know, it's like if things go sideways in your mind and that's not what you were expecting. Okay. And that's fair. Everyone is absolutely always entitled to their opinions for sure. But, but yeah, sometimes you, you read the comments and so, when they get nasty, Oh, that's when I turn off social yeah. media. When I start seeing things about people I care so I much about, I'm friends with everybody and, and yeah, you get the weird hate and you're just like, oh man. How, how early in the season, in season f- five, did you know Jack was going to die? Did, and, and then Ooh. were you prepared for that? Like the reaction afterwards, like, could you, mm. but like, were you prepared for that? Did they prepare you guys to go, hey, people are going to be pissed off here? Or was this, did, did it just take everybody by surprise? Mm, we knew, we knew, and we knew that the reaction would be tough. And I, I think some of us were wondering if this would be the end of the show. Um, so yeah, we, I remember shooting the funeral specifically of a lot of memories from that day because it just sort of felt like this was the end of a chapter. Mm -hmm. Uh, and does the show continue from this point on? Are people going to hate us or what are we doing? And of course a a death like that is not something that Hallmark typically showcases in their, in their movies and in their series. And yeah, it was really, really hard. And it was, it was, it was quite genuinely ominous on set that day. There was a lot of fog and, and it was just like, Ooh, is it done? Is, is this, it's a weird episode. It's a weird episode of television for a show that is not, the tone is very different. And I think that was done deliberately because they wanted it to be very final. I don't think they wanted people thinking, Oh, maybe he didn't die. Maybe, maybe it was just miscommunication or maybe he'll come (laughs) back. I think they really just wanted to, to make that what it was and it's a tough episode and then they wanted to try to revive the show and go in another direction and see what happened so yeah, yeah but even the, the lighting the way it was shot everything about that way episode different. is different yeah you're right for sure mm-hmm. yeah i want to ask this question but i don't want like i don't want to get into like a uh, like go- gossip time with the brand <laughs> but there's a lot going on right now in the extended universe of the show what is that like for you that's in Hope Valley seeing other things happen elsewhere with a show that once was with a certain network and now isn't and with people that used to be on a certain network but now aren't? Is that weird for you? Is it or is it like we're excited for them and yay yay universe? Hmm, that's a really good question. I think I'm generally yay universe. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Hey, people, people like this content. It resonates and that's awesome. And it's super cool to be a part of something like that. But yeah, is it, I remember the day the news broke about that. Um, and we were all working and Mm. everyone was like, did you read the news? Did you read deadline? Did you read the news? You read the news? And it was just like, huh. And and I I don't know. I think I, I, I hope people liked it. Um, I, I really like all the actors over there. I think it's super cool. And it's also really cool that they were able to revive it because I, I didn't know that there would be more seasons of, you know, when hope calls yeah. and, mm. and I don't know. I, I like to be of the mind, the more content, the merrier people really like this stuff. And I think that's cool. I deep down do think it's cool. And also most actors really do pull like there's, For this, sure. you know, there's this reputation of like actors are jealous of other people's work, but it's like a good, it's a good earned jealousy of like, I want people to work. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh man, they did such a good job. I wish I had that part, but you're still but happy also like for a them. very unique yes. circumstance 
with yeah. with Lori and with yeah. the show and with the network. So and with, yeah. There's so much about that that makes it incredibly unique. Oh, yeah. So it's good to know that the yeah. cast of Hope Valley, uh, or the cast in Hope Valley, was looking at their phones the same way we were that day. Like, what are what they going to do with this? What is happening? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. exactly right. It Everybody, was a surprise. But for sure. Yeah, I don't know. And, and it's also it's awesome for Lori. I think yeah. she's just so fantastic. And... Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. It's it's kind of like the superhero universe. It's just expansive, <laughs> right. it's so expansive. I love and you'll it. never. It's kind of cool. It's like okay, and it, it can it can exist. It can, it it doesn't have to just be contained, right? It, it, everyone can enjoy this. Content. Dan always mm-hmm. talks about how one calls the heart is like the superhero <laughs> universe. He's always making it. <laughs> he's actually working on a dissertation about yeah, it, yeah, and yeah. it's beautiful, my, by the way. So my PhD yeah. in in uh, whatever field that would be. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. So similar. We're still trying to figure out where Bill Avery fits in, but he'll get there somewhere. Bill Avery. Oh, <laughs> Bill. Um, I can honestly say, though, as someone who's worked in the superhero universe, uh-huh. there are so many similarities between the Hardy fandom. Oh, and I, oh that is accurate. That's accurate. Yes. There's, there's stark differences between the people in those fandoms, I, I would say. But at the end of the day, there's so much. People feel so... Um, I don't want to say possessive because that sounds no, negative, that's, but that's they're accurate. just, yep. they're so, they, they clutch onto these characters so tightly. And when things don't work out as expected, it's like, ah, and then they can go online and then ha- find like-minded people to share their opinions with. I actually think that's super cool, but seeing it from two different sides, yeah. from two very different TV shows has been interesting because I've learned well, a lot about fandom. I mean, as someone that grew up watching the original Star Wars trilogy, I can tell you unequivocally, Star Wars fans are the worst fans, but because- <laughs> They're they're great. They're loyal, but they just always want it their way. And it doesn't matter what's mm. created. There is this. There is a group of them that's not happy. Either it adheres too right. much to this expanded universe, or not enough, or blah blah blah. And I'm just over here, and I just loved like Han Solo and Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker as a kid. And I'm just like, yeah. why are we doing this? And so, but I think that's why it's so jarring with the Hardys because there's right. that same. I want it that way, yes. but of a mm-hmm. show that is just about happiness and right. joy and hope. That's and yeah. so it feels so like jarring to me as yeah. somebody no, no, no. who watched the show and then go on and people are but I see like trashing Chris McNally and I'm just like, shove off. Yeah, like, Chris is a great guy. We love him. Relax. He's so great. Yeah. So great. Chris. Yeah. So great. Uh, and we've had, I mean, like everybody we've talked to from the show has been wonderful. Fantastic. Wonderful. Is it rapid fire? I think time? it's rapid fire time. I love it. Do you yeah. want to explain it, Dan? Yeah, it's a rapid fire segment, Andrea, where we each ask you three questions alternating and you have to answer. The, the rapid end is our end. You can take yeah. as long as you want to as answer these, okay, but they, they're not going to be pertaining probably to when calls the heart or any acting questions at all. It's whatever we'd like to ask. Uh, Brand, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, you know this, but Paul Green has an album. I have the right here. We the have CD. the CD right there. You know us. it. Yeah. A long way home. The CD. I have that CD yeah. too. Uh, on it, he wrote for us. Trust the flow. Um, <laughs> What are you, what do you, th- what is, uh, what's track number four? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Best friend. And I think it was written about you. Yeah. Best friend is the name of the best track. Friend. Yeah. Aww. My question is what's track five. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, my, <laughs> yeah. first, uh, the, uh, the best meal in Los Angeles that you've ever had. Ooh. Oh, whoa. I like, okay. Back in the day, it was all about. Katsuya. There was a there was we, a cool restaurant we've been. called Katsuya. And I think I like you've been. I, yes. I think I like the experience. I was in my early twenties and that was like the the yeah. hot spot. We uh Chris, we met Chris Palaha at Katsuya when we flew no out to, when we flew out to do home and family. Yes. He and we met Chris oh. Palaha there. We all ate together at Katsuya. It was wonderful. Hated it's, everything about it. He hates the company. Sushi. I thought it was delicious. So <laughs> the people the time, the people, wonderful. Every other part of that. Oh, it was the so worst. good. It's maybe the best no, sushi no. I've ever had. It was so no. great. Except there's the soda with the thing you yeah. got. Soda pop. Um what's a place in the world that you haven't been that you uh, it's on the bucket list? Oh Greece. Ooh. Okay. I've never been. Your, it looks so beautiful. Your dream director or writer to work for as an actor. Oh boy. Oh. There's this there's this really cool indie style filmmaker named Andrea Arnold. Okay. Um she did American Honey starring yes. Shia LaBeouf. That's a really yeah, solid she, she movie. Does, 
it is so solid. And I love the way she makes films. It's, it's this kind of found footage. She just immerses mm. herself in an environment. And I think she's a genius. Wow. I love it. I love it. Good answer. Um, this is my last one. Um, your last one, yes. Because uh, I did the Paul you Green bit. You wasted the Paul Green bit. Trust yeah, the flow, though. Trust the flow. 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 Um, what's your guilty pleasure uh, TV show to watch right now? Jersey Shore. Whoa. Oh, wow. You're just going back just and watching it? Snooky and the gang. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> the situation. I, I, I really tell you guys the truth. It's a little I scary. mean, it's unbelievable. Um, Who admits I, to Jersey Shore? Who does that? I don't that? know, but I couldn't pass up this opportunity. I love that show. I know they're continuing to shoot, and I think that's awesome. But no, the original yeah. Jersey Shore, it's so trashy and like what 12, ye- 12, so 12 years ago now a long time ago yes 14 yes but it was of the moment i was in college when that started airing yeah. and everyone was like duck phone ha 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 jim tan laundry but i just think that their personalities gtl are baby gtl they you get those they're such characters it was just reality tv and it, it was done in a way it we will never get that again jersey shore as it existed in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, whatever it was, um, it, it will never be done again for so many reasons, and it shouldn't. But it just—it was a blip in time, and I think that these characters are just fascinating. And true story: Marcus Rosner and I worked on a movie last spring. Still hasn't come out yet, and he also likes Jersey Shore. I am outing you, Marcus. Oh, if we ever and have Marcus Rosner on the show. You tell him. You tell him. We watched the fight between with Ron on the boardwalk like six times. <laughs> we were shooting some really romantic scene, and then we'd go inside to this little our, where we were hanging out our little green room, and it was like, "Do you want to watch Jersey Shore? Do you want to watch that again?" And he he laughs just as hard as me. I don't know if he was appeasing me, but we had. I just think back to that movie. I'm like, we watched so much Jersey Shore, and we had so much fun. I don't know. What is it? How do you watch? Is it on what? Would sure that Paramount Plus? Would that be what that is? I think it, on the MTV website, there you is. could watch it. And then it, through Canada, on our CTV, picked it up. You can watch it online. You can watch it online. Great. Love it. Good. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, I'm that's gonna embarrassing. Put, I'm going to put you on the spot. I want an answer. In your mind, how many seasons do you think When Calls the Heart should go? Wow. Should go or will go? Uh, give me... I want to hear should, but I think will is a more fun question that doesn't get you in trouble. Uh, so let's do, hmm. let's do will. Like how many seasons will it go? Cause every year, Andrew, we do this bit where it's like Hardy's for season nine. We're all in for 10. Don't, yes. don't be stepping on 11. Like, what are we doing? Like just, That's a great hashtag. I mean, they I should steal that. I, I just like every year. And I feel like the network go to hell. If you cancel season 12, that's right. Like keep like, going. Yeah, yeah, like they, every These are all year, good. The network draws it out. Like we're not going to, we're not going to, I don't know. It oh, could be, but who are we it, to say? So like, when is it, when is the madness going to stop on either end? Like when, how many will it go? Call it. Okay. I, I'll just, I'll give you a number and I have no idea why, but I'll say 13. 13. Okay. All right. I'm this- just going to put, put that, put my name on the board. 13. That's right. Um, All right. But I, I think I could see this. I, I don't know. I could, oh, I could honestly see this being a soap opera that could last generations should people choose because you could have, you could bring in the next generation. The kids are all getting older now. It is about a town. You could, you could shift the dynamic so mm-hmm, easily. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's a very real possibility that it could continue. Uh, it could be a Grey's Anatomy. I don't know. Um, or maybe it's worth ending when everyone feels like they're done and they're ready. I, I, mm. I, I think 13 is a great guess. Know. I think 13 is a great guess. The real, the real test will be if, um, if Aaron ever says I'm done, will I'm the done. show yeah. continue? Yes. Because yes. if it continues past Aaron, it can continue for That's eternity. Right. Correct. Uh, because and it could also spin off too. You could, you could take Opal for instance, and she could go to a new town and she could have some business venture when she gets older. And like, this could keep going. But the problem is, is Opal has been six for a decade. (laughs) And so I don't know at what point she'll be. Well, I think we can all agree that once Robert takes over, that's when the show show should go away. (laughs) You stop that. I like this. (laughs) I like that idea. Robert, Robert is the new, uh, the the new hot Mountie. Yeah. He could be a Mountie. Oh, yeah. wouldn't that be cute though if one of the one of the little boys became a Mountie in training? See, mm. There's so much you could do that mm-hmm. I I don't mm-hmm. know. Nothing would surprise me to be honest. Fair I, enough. I, I don't know, but I'm going I with 13 because it. it's unlucky, and I'm, I don't know. I love it, Andrea. You have been an absolute so delight. Much fun. 
unbelievable. So much fun. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Seriously, we the, really appreciate the it. The Evanescence vinyl is in the mail. That's it's right. on its way. That's right. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna listen to. I'm gonna clean my house and listen to Evanescence. I love it. That's a good plan. There you go. Both songs, okay. <laughs> both both songs. Both of them. Both songs on All repeat. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. I love it. Um, this is so much fun. We'll have you back soon. Until then, may we be the first to wish you a Merry Christmas. Christmas. Check the Hallmarks of Bramble Jam podcast. It's presented by Philo TV. It's produced by Brandon Gray and recorded live in, yeah, that Greenville, South Carolina. Set decor is by Plum at Haywood Mall. For more information on Deck the Hallmark, you can go to deckthehallmark.com. For more information on Bramble Jam Podcast Network, you can go to bramblejampodcast.com. You're about to hear some ads that help keep the lights on here at the studio. Feel free to listen. Feel free to turn it off, whatever you want to. But either way, thanks so much for your support.